0: Turn in your Bibles, if you would, in our study, which is coming to an end in a couple of Lord's Day's time, um, to James chapter 5. We're in the last chapter of James, and uh, we're going to read again that little section from verses 13 to 18. Though we started dealing with verse 13 last Lord's Day, and we'll complete that this Lord's Day. Uh, So James chapter 5, let's read verse 15 to 18, which is... Sort of the context of this uh, little piece here. James chapter 5. Is any one among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will save the one who is sick. The Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins one to another, pray for one another, that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power in its working. Elijah was a man with like nature, like ours. He prayed fervently that it might not rain, and for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again and heaven gave rain and the earth bore its fruit as for the word of God Is anyone cheerful let him sing praise Last week we considered the correct response to the Christian suffering Is anyone suffering let him pray we also observe that prayer is not reserved exclusively for when we are facing trials and suffering and all the petitions that we bring rather prayer for the believer is unhindered access to god through our lord jesus christ and is helpful and is needful for every season in our lives, it's a channel of thanksgiving and worship, and it is something which the Spirit of God aids us in when we are at a loss for words, what you ought to pray, or, or when we can, cannot adequately express our petitions, our thanksgiving, and our praise to God. And prayer is a means of grace to the church for building up believers, and it should be exercised. Continually, pray without ceasing, pray on every occasion, pray for yourselves, pray for your brothers and sisters in Christ, pray for your families, pray for your country, pray for the work of the ministry and the kingdom of God through his ministers. pray always, and Paul reminds us in first Timothy chapter two and verse eight, I desire that in every place that men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. That's just by way of reminder in the first part of that verse. We consider the second part then today of verse 13, Is anyone cheerful, happy Christians, joyful, let him sing praises. Now we've kind of separated these two phrases, but we must remember we need to consider this as it appears together, And the one complements the other. And these are commands of God to the children of God for the different seasons in their lives. And you may, we can't choose which commands we're going to obey. For example, you may find it easy, as we'll see today, to sing praise when you're content and happy and fulfilled. And particularly in the context of this book, where God has given release. And relief from rich oppressors and from persecution and trials of many kinds. When you're suffering and sorrowful, that's a little harder, isn't it? We may sometimes be inclined to withdraw and to feel sorry for ourselves for these ongoing infirmities. Some even give in to depression. Or any other kind of human emotion or reaction at a time of difficulty. And yet the scriptures tell us if anyone is suffering, let him pray. And in the same vein today, if anyone is joyful, let him sing praises. And as prayer is a correct response, and it's a remedy for the one who is suffering, so the scriptures tell us that singing praise is a correct response for the one who is cheerful. And in the same way that praying is not reserved just for those who are suffering or in need, so singing praise as yet commanded for those who are cheerful is also not reserved for the season of cheerfulness but the believer is always to have the song in his heart, a song of praise in his God, even in times of sorrow and suffering. And while the commands before us are specifically commanded uh, for the suffering one and the cheerful one, respectively, we're not to be fair-weather Christians. And we often are, aren't we? When it's going well, praise the Lord. Joyful and praising only when we're prospering and feel blessed. And we are no more to be foul weather Christians. Just coming to the throne of grace when things are hard. And when trials are pressing us. We only pray when we have needs and suffering and sorrow. Like this prodigal son who, when everything ran out, He's in trouble and he goes back to God in need. Consider the apostle in Acts chapter 4. Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I've learned whatever situation I am in to be content. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned how to face plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And this is the inner joy and the strength that comes from knowing that God is sovereign. And God does all things well. God does all things good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose and to his own glory all the time. Consider Paul. Facing and contemplating almost certain further persecution and possible death. You may remember the passage in Philippians 2. He says, even though I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. Likewise, you should be glad and rejoice with me. This is the Christian constancy we spoke about or referred to last Lord's Day. So in our study, again, we want to consider what the text says, what it means, and how we should apply it. And you're not going to find those headings in the text, but that is what we try and achieve as we come to not a difficult passage of Scripture today. We've got three uh, main points today, three, three points. Number one, An inward disposition of cheerfulness. An inward disposition of cheerfulness. 13b says, is anyone cheerful? And James James chooses a word that focuses on the internal disposition of cheerfulness. And, and it's interesting. I read a bit this week that Greek, Greek and Roman philosophers defined this word used here. This Greek word, cheerfulness. And one said, one is satisfied with what is present and available, taking little heed of people who are envied and admired, and observing the lives of those who suffer, and enjoy, and, and endure. I'm sorry. Also meaning a state of internal calm and contentment. Kind of like the word used here in Acts when Paul was in a storm on the ship. And there it means to be of good cheer, cheerfulness. He writes there and he says, yet I urge you to take heart. Be cheerful. You're not going to die. None of you are going to perish on this ship. This is cheerfulness that he's talking about. The point is, this disposition, cheerfulness, it's not limited to when you feel blessed, when we have peace and prosperity in place of adversity and conflict, but rather cheerful also despite the circumstances. And in, in, even during the dark providences, and we all have them, don't we? And one commentator says this, James covers the broad swath of human experience in this beautiful and broken world. Whether we find happiness or pain in life, we should always go to the Lord. He's a loving heavenly Father who cares for us. Brothers and sisters, in other words, do not let your outward circumstances And do not let your inward struggles and infirmities rob you of that joy which God gives by the Holy Spirit. Cheerfulness is not the absence of the realities of life and struggles and infirmities and afflictions or even persecutions. But rather it is an inner trust, peace and joy in Christ our faithful Redeemer. And Paul and Silas, I love this one in, in Philippians, they get flogged and beaten and thrown to the inner cells and their feet put in stocks and they're bleeding and they are in pain and they took James's advice here. And They prayed, but yes, they also sang hymns of praise. They were suffering and they prayed, but they were singing hymns of praise. And Christian joy is a gift and a fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's not that happiness that you feel when you have a whole block of Trader Joe's chocolate. And you do feel good and happy after that. In fact, it messes with your hormones, so scientists tell them. Or you just wake up in the morning and, woo, I feel good, and... I better sing a psalm. This is not what we're talking about. And when you feel like that, yes, you're cheerful. Praise God. Yesterday was a day of cheerfulness. And guess what? We sang psalms and hymns of praise to God. And it's good to do that when there are those light cheerfulnesses in our lives too. That is good. But John Newton writes in one of his letters, That Christians, though afflicted and scorned and reproached, the believer has a joy within him that a stranger can't interfere and meddle with, and he cannot take it away. Do you see the point? Singing praises to God is not just when you feel really happy and the sales are good and the home life's good and you see seen your granddaughters this week. And all. Those things are good and right and proper. But Christian cheerfulness is an inner joy. That joy and peace that knows that God works all things for good. So when I am suffering, I must pray. But when I am suffering... You can sing praise also to God. Psalm 149 verse 3. Let them praise his name with dancing, making melody with tambourine and lyre. The joy of the Lord is our strength, writes the psalmist. The Christian must always have that inward disposition of cheerfulness. This must lead to, in the second place, expressing praise to God by the singing of psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. This inward disposition of cheerfulness in the believer must lead to the expressing praise to God by the singing of psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And this is what the scriptures are telling us here. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. And Ecclesiastes reminds us that there's a season for everything under the sun. And in the day of cheerfulness, of joy, prosperity, and peace, it is certainly appropriate to sing praises to God. In fact, it is here commanded, and perhaps particularly in the context of the trials of many kinds and the oppression and the persecution that we've seen in this letter, has God given you relief? Or has God strengthened you in this trial and you are joyful? Then sing psalms to him. Sing praise to God. And when God answers those prayers for relief and rescues us from trouble, singing psalms as the the King James Version interprets this verse is very appropriate and seasonable. And we told from several historic writings, and we know this, that in the first ages of Christianity, that Christians were accustomed to singing of hymns, either taken right out of Scripture and the Psalms, or private composure in the worship of God. And we know this was the practice of Jesus. And his disciples, we will celebrate the Lord's Supper. And there, uh, we know, is written, And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Singing the Old Testament, as well as in the early church, was predominantly the singing of psalms. So it would not be incorrect to translate this verse. If anyone is joyful, let him sing psalms. Now there are two instances, and you probably thought of those already, in the New Testament when the apostles also commanded us and encouraged us to singing praise to God. In Ephesians 5.19 we read, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody, this is happy, making melody, To the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always for everything to God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the second instance, uh, this means of grace is made even clearer about what we ought to be singing. What ought we to be singing in our psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Colossians 3.16 says this, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. That's how the passage starts. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart to God. Note the emphasis here is on the word of Christ dwelling in you richly. This is the origin and the source of material for your teaching and your admonishing this should be the origin and the source of your singing in praise singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and and we of course know besides the psalms there are hymns and spiritual songs in the old and new testament moses song was a song i guess a spiritual song or, or just a verse that composed there in the scriptures and of course the passage on the humiliation of christ in philippians 2 that is thought to be an ancient hymn which they sang of the humility of christ and then becoming a servant for us and being obedient to death on the cross matthew henry says this this however we are sure of that the singing of psalms is a gospel ordinance and that our joy should be holy joy consecrated to god that's the important thing while we are nowhere commanded to sing from the scriptures alone in our worship we must clearly pay close attention to the word of christ in the content the scriptures must guide our theology and our singing and nothing we sing must be in conflict or in addition to the word of Christ. Our singing clearly must be in truth. And there's no poetic license in truth. It may be in poetry, but not in truth. And, and we know this. Many of the great hymns that, we, that have been written have a direct reference to the Psalms. And we have a psalter in, in, our, in our pews. I think they're in the pews there. That we have used in the past In praise and worship and thanksgiving to God, they must always clearly express the truths contained in our faith, rich in the word of Christ. And here on our text, singing praise is directed to show. If any be in circumstances of joy and prosperity, he should channel, he should turn this joy to this channel. This is holy joy for the individual when you wake up and realize that God has blessed your life. This is a good time to sing a song and praise as well as in public worship and in our families. Let our singing be such as to make melody in our hearts towards God. And God will assuredly be pleased with this kind of devotion. Brothers and sisters... I love to sing. I really love to sing when, when I didn't wake up so early. I used to really sing loud in the shower, and I love to sing hymns there in the shower. And God is pleased with this kind of devotion. And it's a foremost command all of, to all creation to sing praise to God. The heavens and the natural creation do this perfectly perfectly. The heavens declare the glory of God, and so must his people. And so when we sing, it mustn't be like me in the shower. I just like to hear my own voice. That wasn't always the case, but when we sing alone, that's what we do. But especially when we meet to corporately praise God and sing those hymns. This morning, the singing was so good in this church, but we are to make melody in our hearts towards God. When anyone is joyful, let him sing praise. Well, in Second Chronicles, there was a duty given. Listen to this in Second Chronicles 5.13. And it was the duty of the trumpeters and singers to make themselves heard in unison and in praise and thanksgiving to the Lord. And when the song was raised with trumpets and cymbals and other musical instruments, in praise to the Lord. For he, his good, his steadfast love and forever. The house, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud. And the scriptures teach us that God... Lives within the praises of his people, he inhabits their praises, he loves it when we sing praise to him, because we have blessed him, and he loves it when we sing praise to him, when we are facing trial and difficulty and temptation, like Paul and Silas in prison and in pain with infirmity, and yet yet will I praise my God, because He doeth all things right. Scriptures tell us that. In fact, it proclaims our faith and our trust in God when we praise and give joy, our joyful for every season in life, and we trust in God's providence when we sing praises in the storm, in our suffering, and in our sorrow. Why? Because we're crazy people. We're not ascetics. No, because we know that everything that comes to us is from the hand of God. And if it's difficulty and trial and temptation, I can praise. I can praise God because this is from his hand. Psalm 147, praise the Lord for it is good to sing praises to God. For it is pleasant and a song of praise is fitting. It's always fitting. Psalm 149 verse 1, praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. His praise in the assembly of his people. Is anyone cheerful? Let him Sing praise, expressing praise to God by the singing of psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. We observe in the third and the final place, and this is what we've been saying throughout these little verses, both of the full verse 13. All seasons are a time for singing praise, all seasons. Or a time for singing praise. Verse thirteen, the complete verse Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. And by way of application in this point, we're going to ask a question When is the singing of praises appropriate? When is the singing and praises appropriate? And we've actually answered that already. It is always appropriate to sing praises. Philippians verse 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. But I'm not very happy right now. Rejoice in the Lord always. And I say it again. Rejoice. Let your reasonableness, which actually also means gentleness, be known to everyone The Lord is at hand do not be anxious about anything and then he goes on to say how we must present our request to God with thanksgiving all of them and the peace of God will keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus but I have six things here to remind us that it's okay to pray in fact it's good to pray when God has lifted you up yes this is what the text says when you are happy, when you're rejoicing in the Lord, when we've had communion and we finish by saying our sins are forgiven, that's a. That's why we sing the glory Patrick at the end, because it's good to sing praise to God. But there are other times that we possibly omit to sing praise to God. Just as there are other times when we do not pray. As we ought, because we may say, well, I'm not suffering, so I don't need to pray. Six things. Number one, when we are in God's house, oh, there's no better place, no more appropriate place to praise the Lord. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Psalm 7, I will give thanks to the Lord due to his righteousness. And I will sing praise to the Lord the Most High. In the Colossians 3, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Draw from that the singing of psalms and hymns and spiritual psalms. Sing to him, sing praises to him, tell of his wondrous works. And that's what we do. In praise and singing to God, we tell of God's works one to another. We proclaim his goodness, his righteousness, his gospel, and the peace of Christ. We are family, and that is the best place to sing praise to God. Secondly, sing praise to God. It's appropriate when you are afflicted. Psalm thirty four, verse one: "I will bless the Lord at all times," says the psalmist. His praise shall continually be on my in my mouth. You may say that sounds very good. But verse nineteen of the same psalm, he says, "Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers of them out of them all." Before he even delivers me, it is appropriate to sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs when you are. Afflicted. Thirdly, it's appropriate to sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs when God lifts us out of our affliction. And he does, even for those who have long-term afflictions. But there may be some of you who are afflicted, your body and your mind, whatever it may be, and it may only be lifted when Christ comes again. But it will be lifted But when God does give you temporary lifting up, as Watson used to say, and in the immediate context of our verse where some were lifted up after suffering, it is appropriate to sing praises to God. Psalm 30, you've turned my mourning into dancing. You've loosed my sackcloth. You've clothed me with gladness. That my glory may sing praise to you and not be silent. O oh Lord my God, I give thanks to you forever. But only one of the ten lepers came back to, The Lord has healed me of this disease. Brothers and sisters, it is good to sing praise to God when He lifts our affliction. Number four, it is appropriate and good to sing praise to God when we are sorrowful but hang on it says you must pray when you are sorrowful rejoice in the lord always i say it again rejoice and the psalmist writes of captivity in babylon How god's people are sorrowful they crying they're in a strange land they weeping and they say how can we sing The Lord's song in a foreign land, Psalm 137, by the waters of Babylon, there we sat down and wept. We were in captivity until we remembered Zion. And I read that psalm and it doesn't actually say that they sang songs of praise. But what an appropriate time to sing praise when you are sorrowful because the Lord will lift me up. And when a loved one dies, we think I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he die. It is appropriate to sing a psalm of praise to God when we are sorrowful. The hymn writer, I love this hymn too. Does sadness fill my mind? A solace here I find. May Jesus Christ be praised. He finds his comfort in the praise of Christ or fades my earthly bliss, my comfort still is this, may Jesus Christ be praised. Number five, when we are in plenty or in want, it is appropriate to sing praise. When we are in plenty or in want. In Philippians 4 we quoted earlier, I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance, and need. You know what, brothers and sisters, the world does not know how to rejoice when they are in need. The world does not know how to enjoy, it, rejoice when they are suffering. They are morbid and they are desperate and they are angry. While the believer's song, even the believer who's in great need, his song is Jehovah Jireh. The Lord is my provider. God is on my side. Whom shall I fear? It is appropriate to sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs when we are in great need or when we are in plenty sixthly and finally in this one you may find strange when we are in battle against the world the flesh and the devil when we're in battle against the world the flesh and the devil the passions of the flesh and the passions of the mind and even when going to war the people of god were to sing praises on their way to war where do i get this from second chronicles chapter 20 verse 21 22 and when he had taken counsel with the people he appointed those who were to sing to the lord and praise him in holy attire as they went before the army time for battle is a time for praise when you are at battle with the world and the flesh and the devil and what were these singers to say? Give thanks to the Lord, for his steadfast love endures forever. And when they began to sing and praise, the Lord sent an ambush against Ammon, Moab, Mount Sarai, who had come against Judah, so that they were routed. It is by the Lord and his Spirit and through the armor of God that prayer, our prayers, is a victory and it's a victory of the Lord. It is God who trains my hands for battle, says the psalmist. My arms can bend a bow of bronze and we are at war against principalities and powers, against dark forces and we go into battle singing the praises of God. For the battle is the Lord's. The hymn writer writes again the same hymn. When sleep her balm denies, my sighing spirit cries, May Jesus Christ be praised. When evil thoughts molest, with this I shield my breast. May Jesus Christ be praised. When you are tempted to sin, turn your mind to Christ, who has died for your sins, and give praise. To the Lord Jesus Christ. Well those were the six helps or reminders of when it is appropriate to sing praise to God. But by way of summary this whole verse 13. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praises. What is the proper response for suffering and sorrow? It is to pray. Pray. And Matthew Henry says, to this end God sends his afflictions that we may be engaged to seek him early and that those who at other times have neglected him may be brought to inquire after him. The spirit is then most humble, the heart is broken and tender, and prayer is most acceptable to God when it comes from a humble and a contrite spirit. Afflictions naturally draw our complaints, he says, And to whom should we complain but to God in prayer? What is the proper response for times of joy and prosperity it is to sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs? God sends seasons of cheerfulness that we may turn them into to him and to sing praise, that in times of blessing and ease and a lifting up we may never forget all our kind providences are from the hand of god and the last verse of that hymn be this while life is mine my song of love divine may jesus christ be praised sing this eternal song through all the ages on may jesus christ be praised afflictions should put us upon prayer and prosperity should make us abound in praise, and I want to close with Habakkuk, because here was a man who had that inward disposition of cheerfulness, like none other I 've seen in a man in the scriptures. Listen to what he says. <laughs> Think of him as a farmer, perhaps, that the fig tree should not blossom. Uh, what about the vines? There' be no fruit on the vine. The produce of the olive also fails. The fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and no herd in the stalls. And what does he say? Lord, be merciful to me. Lord, what are you doing? Pray, He says, yet will I rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. God the Lord is my strength. Every season is a season for prayer. Every season is a season for praise. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for the wonderful comforts we find in your word. How We thank you that though we are sore afflicted in mind and body, if we are in need or in pain, that is a season to give thanks to our heavenly Father because from your hand comes all things and they are for our good and they are for your glory and you do all things well. Oh Father, help us to take our sorrows and afflictions, our difficulties, our trials, our temptations, our failings, our sin. Help us to take them to you in prayer. Lord, how we thank you for the inner joy of the Holy Spirit. That joy with which no man can meddle. That joy which Satan and his hosts of angels can never take away. For Christ is my Redeemer. We pray that we might rejoice in you always. Again, says the scriptures, rejoice in Christ's name. Amen.